I'm Starla. I'm Mary. And I'm Jocelyn. And And we're we're the Snarky Snarky Boob Boob Queens. This is our disclaimer. The Snarky Boob Queens podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have breastfeeding difficulties or concerns about you or your child's health, please reach out to your healthcare provider or an IBCLC. We are back, you guys. How's it been? What have you guys been up to? Well, I don't know about you, but we've had a ton of COVID babies at the hospital. Not like sick COVID babies, but oh my God, these parents. They don't stay six feet apart, do they? <laughs> There's no distancing <laughs> happening. <laughs> or they couldn't they couldn't get their birth control filled or, you know, everybody mm-hmm. was at home quarantining. Right, right. Well, yeah. of course, you know, the next thing is gonna be the Bridgerton babies. How mm. many Simon babies named Simon or Duke are there going to be? <laughs> or maybe Daphne. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady Whistledown. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Wait, when are we get, When are we going to hit the nine months since Bridgerton got? We got to do the math on that. Was that December or January it came out? Oh, I don't know. It just appeared out of nowhere, and yeah. I didn't even know about it. You had mm-hmm. mentioned it or something, and then I was like, oh, this is that show that Jocelyn yeah. said. And then we're watching it, and then I went, whoa. So between the horniness from <laughs> watching it, <laughs> Mary Mary just put it all out there. I I did. To people trying the the pull-out game. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. Both of those things, we're going to have a boatload of babies. (laughs) My husband's watching it and he's like, wow, that don't last that long. Like, is he okay? (laughs) There is a lot of, is he okay? The pull-out game was strong, but it was not long. I'll tell you that. And her... You know, she was so naive because I guess so many were during that era. And are you in pain? I know. Does that hurt? (laughs) Are you okay, sir? I know. Yeah. (laughs) We're just cackling. It's so no. I um binge. I binge watched it on um New Year's Day, just eating Mm. cheese and like leftover Christmas (laughs) and being disgusting. And I'm like watching this like. You know, the show I wouldn't watch around my kids, obviously. And I'm like in my sweats watching them go at it while I eat like old sausage. And I'm like, who am I? Am I okay? Yeah, right. But it was everything I wanted it to be, you know. But no, Bridgerton gets people going. But you know what show gets me going? What? The Sinner. Oh. We have gotten into The Sinner. I dig The Sinner. Dude, Bill Pullman is a gilf. A grandfather, <laughs> you know, fill in the blanks. This man, I, and, and my my husband gets upset. The boy doesn't get upset, but he laughs because every time he comes on the screen, I'm like, here comes Bill with his sexy ass beard about to solve the crimes. This is a gilf. I love him. Every every day, I'm like, put on the center. I love Bill Pullman. You're into beards, aren't you? I love beards. But, you know, and, and, I, and we were talking about this too. Okay, you know when you reach the point where, like, you ever watch a show – like Starla, like Little House on the Prairie, right? Yes. Do you ever you ever watch Little House on the Prairie at one point? You watch it when you're a kid, and then you're like, "Why did I never realize Pa's kind of looking kind of good?" 
Oh, yes. Oh, he, oh Michael Landon. I liked him back when he was on, what was the Western? The Ponderosa? Probably. Back yeah. in the 70s. And he was little Joe Cartwright. Yeah. I was like eight, 10, had a crush on him then. And yep. then he becomes Pa. And he'd take off that shirt, that one shirt that he wore, the white one, <laughs> when he's throwing the hay in the barn. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Well, you may like beards, but I like the hair. <laughs> you like? Do you like long, like Fabio hair? Not that long, but you know, like windswept yeah, like, hair, like Paul Stanley. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, long hair. <laughs> See, I'm more of like the Sean Connery type, like the the clean cut, smooth, you know, put together. That's mine. No, well, I want obviously I like grandpas like Will Pullman. They're sexy, but I'm into like. I want bald, like if you're a lumberjack type, like bald with a beard and you're like rugged and you look like you would like go outside and pull bushes out of the ground. Like that's my, oh. that's my type. Oh, it's like that rough, mm -hmm. just, just strong, just like rugged. Like I eat beef jerky and drink craft beer. And well, I like that too. Cause for, there has to be like an element now I'm from the South. So please excuse this, but I need a little shade of redneck in there like that <laughs> oh no that not total red but you know what not jeff foxworthy but you know a man's man yeah mm -hmm. he's strong mm -hmm. and he can do stuff around the house and he's you know not afraid to you know toss back a beer or you know <laughs> or you know, know take you on the library steps in a chateau oh well like the be a man we're not going to go into this a lot right. but i am quite the cougar you're, oh, so you like the younger, mm -hmm. <gasps> like how you, like not your son's age, because he's in his 20s now. He's 20. Oh, okay. But your husband's not much younger. No, he's one year older than he, me. I thought you were about the same age. Okay, I thought, wait a minute, have I missed something here? <laughs> no, but. Like 30? Yeah, sure. Wow. <laughs> me, no. me and Mary on opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> um, are you retired? You're for me. If you are still in grad school, you're for Mary. If you have a shade of redneck, you're for Starla. That's right. It takes the world to if go our around. husbands right? were here, they, mine would for sure say. Yeah. yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> They're not alone. Right here. Guys, listen, you're still our number ones. We yes. love Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Best husbands ever. Yes. Michael Landon, Bill Pullman, and the Duke, they're where yeah. it's at. What's his oh. name? Jean Jean Reg uh Reggae? Isn't his first I, name? I don't know. I don't know. He's just Simon. The Duke. Just he's just the Duke. Duke. He's yeah. just the Duke. The Duke. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that literally has nothing to do with breastfeeding, but just makes everybody laugh. We're yeah. real people. Mm -hmm. so that was fun. Yeah. We're, yeah, we do other things besides watch read breastfeeding articles. Mm -hmm. So who knew? And the Wendy. All right, in the Wendy's? We're going to Wendy's? No. They make the Wendy, the fart tube thing for the babies. I always laugh. Thanks. That's what Frida makes. What? what? Frida makes all those baby things. They make the tube that you put in the baby's butt that makes them fart. Shh, wait. Where have you people been? Shut the front door. <laughs> yes, that's what Frida is. It's a company that makes the Wendy. Shut W-I-N-D-I. No. So wait, yes. how does this device work? It's like a rectal tube for a baby. I'm keeping this in. Wendy, well, I'm watching. Look, 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 look. I am not making this up. No. The gas passer. No way. Yes. I don't think I've breathed for the and last it, 60 seconds. Look, it's the little baby with this, the happy baby with the legs up. So in the you air. put a tube in there and it. Yes. It's a single use catheter that helps babies get rid of excess gas. That's no. weird. Wait, you put the tube? Yes. No. 
And then what, when the air comes out? Yes, because then they just, pfft, there's a video. <laughs> video no, no no i thought what? you guys knew no. i don't know what else frida makes but as far as i know it's just am what? i living in a cave outside of society no you just don't have little kids you don't hear about this stuff like at the hospital and like when you see a new mom they're not like yeah i got this tube to help my baby's gas well this is like this must be where the desperation of motherhood happens like when you are just gonna find something to help it says why this plastic butt straw is the greatest baby gadget of all time. <laughs> oh, I would be scared to put that in there. My goodness. Dude. It's like a decompression valve. And you imagine this the baby goes. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. mom. Can't you see the eyebrows go up as that goes in? <laughs> Dude, if you're not registering yeah, for a butt tube thing. for your baby. Whoa. Wow. That's a lot. I've never seen one, but it reminds me of a suction catheter, but I, that's probably not what it is. But what about this thing you put in their nose and they're a, it's a booger sucker router thing that's yeah, that you oh, do that's with same. your mouth? Oh, same Wait, company. Not a bulb? Well, same that company? was, well, there's a thing called a Dali mucus strap that we used to use a long time ago in OB that was like a trap that the doctor would suck on one thing and it had like this little trap and this other little piece would come off and that would suck out the baby's nose anyway they just use a bulb aspirator and all now we don't oh, use like that's anymore. the most extra thing i've ever heard in my life. watching that happen during a delivery was horrifying everybody would go gross oh, and came up with that. yeah so in the news <laughs> we are like punch drunk for no reason it's three o'clock on a monday afternoon i'm drinking deer park water with mio lemonade you have nothing and i know you have nothing so has everyone seen the Frida breastfeeding commercial that's like it's been in the news it's making a lot of I don't want to say uproar 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 can I speak today um mm. but there's been like differing attitudes about it so I've heard some people are like oh I love it it's so good it makes it be real and then I've heard other people say it casts breastfeeding in a negative light so what do you guys think no it was very real and wasn't it during the Golden Globes, which gives, but, but I didn't see it and I watched it and, but, but it just gives a new meaning to the term Golden Globes, doesn't it? <laughs> Very <Yes>. appropriate. <laughs> um, what do you think, Starla? Did you? Well, I, I heard about it first in one of our Facebook groups for lactation professionals, and there was a lively discussion about it and a lot of people had problems with it because it seemed to cast breastfeeding in a negative light, like it was very difficult and burdensome and painful and problematic, and that they didn't bring in the, oh, you know, here's somebody who can help you. Like, why don't you call a lactation consultant? Like, have mm -hmm. somebody just come in and put her arm around the mom and help her get the baby latched on, or like almost like if they were making it harder than it needed to be. That would have been nice. Yeah. So when I was reading all of this, I hadn't seen the commercial yet. So I was just thinking, well, it sounds like there was a lot of opportunities that were missed that they could have cast it in a positive light. And in fact, there were there was speculation by some a few people that said it was probably funded by a formula company. <laughs> well, <laughs> then I watched it and I thought it was kind of endearing and sweet. Yes. And like there was moments like you could we could see that because we're on the other end of the phone mm -hmm. right after that's happened to most people. I didn't have a problem with it. Well, and don't you see in the hospital, that's the stuff 
people don't talk about. Moms yeah. are deer in the headlights when their baby um, comes out and is sleepy the first day and then goes into the cluster feeding and the latch isn't perfect. And it just, it's not like that. No, and that's no. the part people don't talk about. The commercial covered that though. Yeah, but I don't think it was, I mean, it was very real. And mm -hmm. sometimes breastfeeding is difficult for people. Breastfeeding does have its challenges, but it's like motherhood in general, you know? It's right. You look parenting. at the big picture. You love your kids and it's great. And there's so many great times, but there's a lot of times where you're like, I don't, this mom gig is difficult. And I think that it was a good representation of that. And it did talk about like, look at those little feet in the, I thought yeah. it was a nice balance. So, and it mm -hmm. was, and it seemed like it was almost like if you had bubbles above people's heads and you wonder what you're thinking, the moms are talking out loud. And I think everybody could identify with all of that. So mm -hmm. I thought it was cool. And yeah. who hasn't cried over spilled breast milk? Amen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Uh -huh. So anyway, we did post it on the page. We'll repost it, but check it out. It's pretty, pretty neat. Lots of nips. Lots of nips. <laughs> All right, guys. So today we're going to talk about new babies and breastfeeding and sleep because that seems to be one of the number one concerns of new moms. Um, and I have to laugh because as I was getting ready for this episode, I was thinking about different instances where this has become an issue. And I'll never forget walking into the, and I was a few years ago, I was working at the hospital with you guys and I walked into a room and it was after the baby's second night and the baby's like crying. We're trying to get the baby latched and the mom had been on up all night and she looks at me and she goes, um, well, the thing is getting my sleep is extremely important to me. <laughs> and I like thought to myself, like, um, I don't know if being a mom is for you, but like, you're already all in. So I think that you might need a reframe because guess yeah. what? Regardless of how you feed your baby, they wake in the middle of the night and yeah. that's normal. Um, and I think that we in the society have a weird idea about what is normal for baby sleep because literally what's one of the first things people ask is the baby sleeping through the night yet? Oh. Is he a good baby because oh. he sleeps? Right. No. The people that say, no. is he sleeping through the night? I want to throat punch them. Right. <laughs> I'm like, my three-year-old wasn't sleeping through the night. I don't know about you, but um, I mean, and it gives moms, I think, this weird perception of what is normal. And like, if their baby's not sleeping through the night, something is wrong. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what are normal sleep patterns, um, some reasons why babies wake in the middle of the night. And then we're also going to talk about some tips for um, how you can get some rest while you're dealing with night waking. And it's not just night feedings, like babies wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. And we'll talk about that. So we all know that new moms are exhausted and newborns wake frequently throughout the night, regardless of the feeding method. And you'll find as babies get older, they will go longer sleep stretches, but it's not abnormal in the early weeks for new babies to wake up every hour and a half to two hours mm -hmm. to feed. Um, and that's going to be normal. So there's a few reasons why this is the case. Um, the first reason is, of course, because your baby has a tiny tummy and breast milk is easily digested. So 
you'll find that the baby feeds more frequently for that reason. And also it's a biologically protective mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. So thousands of years ago when we were sleeping in caves, right? You would sleep <laughs> with your baby, your baby would wake you to feed frequently um, to ensure that ensure its survival. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's that Starla always says that about um, like the saber toothed tigers or something. Is yeah. that you or is that? Well, I don't know that I've said saber toothed tiger, but like we were, babies are meant to be, when we lived in caves, <clears throat> to sleep up next to their moms and nurse all night. Because if they didn't, down the hall in the nursery in the cave, bad things could happen. Like there's predators, there's snakes, there's spiders, crazy bat, whatever beings. And the babies are vulnerable. And around three or four weeks, it seems like that's where babies, at least in our culture, I don't know what happens in the caves somewhere, that babies would start to be, then they're thriving, they're growing, the mom's recovered from birth, you know, the men are out killing dinner typically in that tribal culture, and all the women are, you know, probably peeking in the tent during the day, just checking on you, making sure you're okay. But there's this biological norm that's just there, and we, we're trying to make that something abnormal, so we're trying to change the behavior of, of humankind that exists since birth. Well, and mammals in general. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's not just like mammals feed frequently. Um, and that's a normal thing day and night. That's what we're supposed to yeah. do. Um, so do you want to talk Mary about some of the reasons why babies wake at night? Yeah. Hmm. Babies wake at night for many reasons. Um, in the beginning, like we were saying, that um, they need to feed often. Um, they need, <clears throat> excuse me, the calories, but they also need to wake up often because it's a protection against SIDS. Um, and they need to increase mom's milk supply. They know that um, somehow in their little brains that they need to do that. Um, things like um, developmental changes as babies go through um, all the different things. Um, it's, it's, you know, challenging to them. And, um, and like at six months, there's the separation anxiety, um, for example, where they don't understand that when they, when they go to bed, that you're not gone forever. So they're going to wake up. They're going to be a little extra fussy a little extra clingy and you just need to know about those different developmental stages so that you can handle it and know that your baby just isn't being a pill or manipulative because babies aren't, but they're, you know, it's just their instinct. That's what they're following. I mean, I think you make a good point about that, um, about developmental, um, advances and how that can affect sleeping because you, have you ever had a mom where, you know, the baby's newborn and waking up and, and free, feeding frequently, and then it starts to stretch out and they're getting longer stretches of sleep. And they might get one night where the baby sleeps all night and they get really excited. And they're like, oh my gosh, my baby is finally sleeping and I'm getting longer stretches. And in the back of your head, you're thinking like, okay, but keep in mind that might not happen all, all the time. Mm -hmm. We talk, we call it sleep regression sometimes. Yes. And so, um, I think the Wonder Weeks app is really good. Yes. Do you guys yes. recommend that as well? Oh, always. Every single parent. 
Yeah, because that'll kind of give you a heads up about when their developmental um, leaps are going to be. And did your kids all go through the nine month? And I know a lot of moms, both of my kids, when they were nine month old, nine months old, they were sleeping okay by then. They went through a stage where they would just wake up at two in the morning and want to play. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was like in the middle of the night. Where's everybody at? I'm up. Everybody else should be up. And it wasn't like they were crying and fussy. It was no. like that. Their brains would just not turn off. No. I, well, at the time, my husband was working full time and I was home. And I remember like, okay, well, the baby's up. So I'm just going to go to the living room and like lay on the couch and like sit with her. And I remember her like sitting on me and like just hit it, like tapping my face. Like, no, I'm up. You're not, you're not dozing <laughs> off. It's not like we're, mm -hmm. yeah. what are we going to do? Did she get up and make you a cup of coffee too? She, I wish she would have. <laughs> I know people whose cats do that. Oh, yes. They wake them up at night. Mm -hmm. You get a new puppy. That's so that's normal. So just know if you're, even if your babies do start sleeping through for any stretch, that even if they don't consistently do that forever, that's okay too. And what about a reverse cycle nursing? Um, this can happen like when mom goes back to work and the baby's at um, daycare and you get this phone call, your baby won't eat, your baby won't take a bottle. <laughs> well, guess what? The baby wants to feed all night long. <laughs> um, that's what the reverse cycle is. So the baby is feeding just the opposite of the way that we do it. And of course, everybody gets freaked out that the baby's going to implode because he won't take a bottle. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they eventually do. Everybody adjusts. They just adjust. And, um, and of course, then, you know, reverse cycle nursing is, um, you know, awake, a baby that's, that's awake and, um, you know, and it's, it's tough. It is tough on moms to be, um, awakened and then get up and go to work and all the things. They're like on the, um, equals MC square diet. What is it called? Where like you can't eat for, you know, or you don't eat for a Inter certain amount of time. Intermittent fasting. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, they they do intermittent fasting. They're right. Like, okay, I'm only going to eat all of my calories during this time. And then <laughs> right. I remember reading about that with my first in some breastfeeding book. And I was like, that is the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. Like the baby will go all that length of time. and And it was just sort of like, the unicorn that you've heard about or leper, like it was like this mythical i never knew anybody whose babies ever did that ever of course then i was new into nursing and nursing is a profession and our one of our bosses actually her oldest did this and so we were in a meeting one day talking about something and she mentioned it and i was like oh, finally somebody that it's happened to like it was a real thing mm -hmm. but that's what they did wouldn't take a bottle all day and then they would just nurse and co-sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. was that. Yeah. And also, when you go back to work, the, they miss you. And they want to be with you. So there's that. Because, you know, when they go back to work and moms would call, my milk supplies dropped. Because now the baby's up at night. And, like, maybe they were sleeping longer stretches prior. And now they're up. And I said, because he misses you. Mm -hmm. He's kind of getting back the time during the day. And then, then they go, oh, and then they had that breakdown. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mom, I'm crying. I know I'm going with my baby. And I'm like, it's fine. He'll just kind of adjust, but it's just a thing. Maybe we, it's my bad for not telling you ahead of time what to expect. 
<laughs> what about teething? <laughs> teething. Teething and illness? You know, I it's like the whole baby gas thing, the teething thing to me. Because it's sort of like if the baby is fussy, we're going to blame it on teething. <laughs> how mm. long do babies, what I want to know is, what is the evidence that says how long babies teeth? Because I had a child that woke up one day and had a mouthful of teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's poof. And another one, like, was barely grumpy. And I know, and I've talked to people that are like this, but as soon as the baby's gnawing on their hands, like, teeth come through pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And you might have, like, a week or two, but they're talking about, like, months of babies not sleeping. And I don't think that's it at all. No. Mm -hmm. And just because they're gnawing on their hands or their chew toys. Oh, wait, no, drooling. Like, I oh, have, God, the drooling. Oh, my God, my baby is teething. He's he, he's yes. drooling a lot. I'm like, your baby is two months old. No. Your baby is not He's got teething. a lot of saliva, and they don't swallow it. He just produces too much. And that's what bibs are for. And they get the little chin rash and, you know, oh, all yeah. of that stuff. But it's funny because as soon as the baby puts anything in their mouth spontaneously and starts chewing on it, they think it's automatically teething. And let's gonna blame that on there. I don't know why I digressed into the whole thing, but anyway, I just think teething is teething overrated. I don't know. I mean, I've been up with a crying I think baby. Teething is a hundred percent overrated. Like yeah. people get concerned about yes teething, like they get concerned about the poop. Like most of the time, the poop is fine, calm down, or the gas. Because okay. then they or develop the, a tube they... to put your baby's butt in. <laughs> <laughs> a gas expeller. I feel like the, just everyone. I mean. It, we're like, just as moms, they make it so you're just so freaked out about everything. My baby doesn't sleep. My baby's teething. My baby, mm. it's okay. We're like, we're humans and we've been around for a long time. Like we're, it's, we're going to work it out. It's, it's like, can you imagine that being at the meeting where they're sitting around and they're talking about baby products and new mothers and they've done focus groups. Cause we know how all this goes when the marketing stuff and, and some guy in the corner, like some gamer or something, goes, hey, why don't we just tell them there's a tube they could put in and we'll get rid of the baby's gas. Brilliant. Let's market it. <laughs> I feel like this whole episode should just be about it this. It just goes too. back to that. <laughs> because maybe that's why the baby's not sleeping, because they could be, they could be peeing, they could have the toot, and it wakes them up, or they're pooping, or... A combination thereof. Oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Well, and diaper changes too. Like in the beginning, babies will like if they're pooping while they sleep, like they'll wake up, and right. you'll have to mm -hmm. change their diaper. Like that's a normal reason also to wake up and and. Well, who else does? Who do, who doesn't get up? My husband every night at two o'clock in the morning gets up. Yeah, and goes to the bathroom. It's just mm -hmm. a thing. But I don't bar the door of the toilet and you got to lay in bed and sleep through it or whatever <laughs> because that's how everybody acts like with the baby as he's waking up. Well, because he peed. Right. The baby wants a clean diaper. Just change yeah. them so and put them back on the boob and then go back to sleep. The magic boob will fix it. Yeah. I mean, and it's really, everyone gets so cold. Oh, my God, the baby doesn't sleep. Um, It's literally in the grand scheme of life, like a short period of time, you're going to go through it and then it's you're going to sleep again. I mean, unless you mm -hmm. have like five babies in a row and then I, then you just need a nanny or something. But Oh, and then <laughs> you should need birth control because there's those those people, moms, friends. So I feel like if you're my friend, I can talk about you. <laughs> Neither one of you. But their baby would be up and was, was not a good sleeper at, as far as nighttime. Wasn't a consistent, I hate the word good sleeper, wasn't a consistent mm -hmm. night sleeper at all. And was up and fussy and all of this. And... 
all I saw on social media or people would talk about is the babies not sleeping, not sleeping, not sleeping. And the next thing I know is all of a sudden the baby slept one night and the next thing they know is they announced her pregnant the very next day. And I'm like, I just can't. Oh. Did you, where were you in the last 18 months or 20 months with this baby not sleeping at all? And you were, you had tried everything known to man and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. oh, we're having another baby. And I'm like, do you know what's going to happen? Yeah. It's all over again. Yeah. You on. do it all again, which like cool. Do it if you want to, but um, that's hard. Yeah, because they're so parents are aren't they traumatized by this? Don't you get the whole they're exhausted and they have their terrible days? And if I don't breastfeed, it'll go away. I'm like, no, no, because you can't just change it abruptly anyway. First of all, mm -hmm. and anyway, it just seems like it's just traumatic to a lot of people unnecessarily because they think there's something wrong, and then they're given all these cockamamie ideas on things to do to make oh act, well speaking of that um starla i think you can give us some great tips for moms for getting rest while they're trying to breastfeed at night so on this whole topic of sleeping i just had a thought actually i had a mm -hmm. thought earlier but i didn't get it out of my mouth you have a lot of thoughts starla. <laughs> i know like today i was off so i had a lot of things to do and and not just you know anyway I was busy running errands the samuel l jackson book Go to sleep. To sleep. <laughs> Mary's making a face. Stop oh, Mary. what you're doing right now. Go to YouTube and Google go the, to sleep. <laughs> so pardon the language because it's Samuel L. Jackson, but it's very, very funny. My sister had sent me the link when I guess it came out. And I just, I love Samuel L. Jackson anyway, mm -hmm. but the book is, I mean, it fits in with all of this because mm -hmm. he's reading this bedtime story and he's telling what the, Go to blank to sleep. Okay. So if you don't know that sleeping is, it's not for parenthood anymore, right? I read this article that was talking about how to deal with this issue with parents and to say sleeping is not at nighttime as it, you know, it was, it's gone forever, mm -hmm. forever. Because yep. when you're an adult, your kids are going to be out mm -hmm. and whatever. And there's just, it's just different, right? Because life has changed. Doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just changed. So if you're expecting that your baby is going to be this little robot that you're going to bring home and you're going to feed it when you want to feed it, change it, put it down, and it's going to stay there and it's going to do everything you want to do. Good luck with a teenager <laughs> oh. <laughs> because it's never going to end. No. So if you don't have some sort of realistic expectations and just, as we say in my E2M, just mm -hmm. chill, just chill. This is our coach. So when everybody's like, I haven't lost any weight, just chill. <laughs> That's what you need to do. And to understand that your baby is its own little being and you're the mommy or the daddy or whoever you are, who's raising the child and that the baby will tell you what they need. And there are babies who are higher needs than others. Mm -hmm. We've seen those in the hospital. They don't like change. No. Mm -hmm. They, the, that eight o'clock C-section baby in the recovery room at 9.01, who's been screaming for an hour, mm -hmm. he didn't like getting plucked out. No. And they don't like the lights and the stimulation and all of this stuff. So when you have a baby and then you're told, oh, well, you can pay XYZ amount of money to a company and bring in a sleep consultant or buy this book to sleep train your baby so that 
what is one of them is like 12 hours and 12 oh weeks or something. Yeah. Oh, who sleeps 12? I don't think my kids have ever slept 12 hours. Like, no, that is, that is bananas to me. So it's constrict. it's trying to make up an arbitrary schedule. And I laugh because the three of us right here have been told this. If, if I had a nickel, every time we were told, <laughs> Can, the baby's supposed to eat at nine. Can you go in there and get it to feed? <laughs> and every one of us says the same snarky thing. Did you email the baby to tell him? Because he doesn't know he's supposed to eat at nine. Yeah. He's not hungry. So when you go in and you see the dad snoring, am I going to take a ham sandwich and shove it in his face because it's nine o'clock and you're supposed to eat? Mm -hmm. How's that going to work? Right. No. So... I see and hear a lot of moms into this whole sleep training business that are being, and, and it's not going to work for breastfeeding because your, your breasts operate physiologically. Everybody's breasts are different. And I think if moms understood this, I think they would, they, they would understand and, and go with it better. So if your breasts produce a certain number of ounces per hour, they hold a certain amount before they start to leak. Your hormone levels are different. I know moms that can pump 16 ounces four times a day, and that's their supply, which is twice what it should be. And then I know other people who are struggling and they're pumping every hour and a half to two hours at work because that's how often their babies nurse. There's a reason why mm -hmm. that's your breasts and your baby are negotiating your milk supply. Mm -hmm. Like Mary said, they just know. Mm -hmm. So if you start to do all of that, you're upsetting the balance. Mm -hmm. right. So I also find it a little humorous because when I had kids, we didn't have any of that. You had that, the Ferber method was kind of back in probably the sixties, which is probably what happened to me. I need to ask my mom. Ferberize your baby. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, you shut the door and you just leave them to cry. Or I don't think my mom did that because she would have never done that. No. Um, it's just programming your kid to sleep. But for what? Because even back then, people weren't working. And mm -hmm. I understand the plight of the working mother. I understand the plight of the single parent, that you're exhausted. But you also have to understand you're going to have to get through this time. So when you go to the other difficult phases in parenthood, what are you going to do to cope then? Because right. there's not a quick fix. And you can't just program your child to like math in the sixth grade and to do all of his homework. You're going to have to get creative and parent him then. So it's going to interfere with breastfeeding. You're also trying to induce a pattern of sleep arbitrarily and sooner than it is normal for their development. Mm -hmm. The baby doesn't have as many opportunities for breastfeeding at night. We all know that for a period of time and for some babies, they consume more calories at night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a friend who is a mom of several biological children, several that she has adopted from another country that have special medical um, problems. And one of her own biological children has a metabolic disorder that wasn't diagnosed until after she was a toddler. And this child was nursed until probably she was three or four years old at night, especially because it maintained her blood sugar. Had she sleep trained her, mm. I don't know that that child would still be here today. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because there was a reason why. Mm -hmm. And even I talked to her and she says, I shudder to think if I had a different view on parenting and I had done that with her, what would have happened? Um, and you're leaving your baby's needs unmet. I mean, if your baby 
needs to eat. All right. So you think, all right, I'm going to do this whole routine. So we're going to do a bath at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. And we're going to rock and read a story. And I'll nurse the baby. And I'll put him down. And then who knows? In an hour they want to eat. In four hours they want to eat. Oh, you want to eat again? You're showing me the cues. I'll feed you. Sometimes you lay back down. You can get the rest because you're getting naps during the day when the baby sleeps. First of all, we've got to do that. So mm -hmm. You have to. I read a blog not long ago that said, how my sleep, how my baby sleep trained me, or I let my baby oh. sleep train me mm -hmm. because then she was practicing responsive parenting so that she was working her day around the babies, which I know you can't necessarily do if you're working outside the home all the time, but it's just a mindset. So you sleep when the baby's sleeping. Well, do you find too, like, I don't know about you guys, but I trained myself to, I could sleep freaking anywhere oh right i would be I, I remember being in my six week postpartum yes. appointment where they're like okay wait for the doctor and they put you like you're naked on the sheet with the, with the paper on the mm -hmm. I, I mean i literally fell asleep <laughs> i was like oh he's gonna be 10 minutes let me get 10 uh -huh. minutes in it you got yes yes, your yes. i can sleep sitting up i can sleep with spongebob blaring on the tv <laughs> one eye open because then you have a toddler mommy eye you know they're <laughs> baby sleep and you're trying to get some sleep but you've got to fit it in and take care of it so if you understand what the normal is then you can say all right how can i work around this because there's mm -hmm. a way to work around everything right i always say don't fight nature yeah because when you nature know what will that fight is, you <laughs> it'll bite. Yeah. yeah and then work with that mm -hmm. you because know you're making it harder for yourself i mean learn to lay down and nurse how many moms at, at the hospital when we started doing more laid back breastfeeding I started noticing that they would actually rest because they're relaxing their shoulders. They're not sitting up all day long. And when you lean back and you lie down or you're sidelined, that's how you get rest. I see those seasoned mamas all the time who are sidelined in the hospital. I'm like, you go, girl, because mm -hmm. you've nursed years probably in your life. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't know about you guys, but still to this day, I still sleep with one arm under my pillow. Yes. yes. Because so... <laughs> it's easy access for the baby that doesn't that isn't mm -hmm. there anymore. Well, yep. it's that Knees natural up. caging stance. So Dr. James McKenna from the University of Notre Dame, who has done lots of groundbreaking work with um, sleep studies and moms and babies, whether you're breastfeeding or you're not breastfeeding, and he studied this in his sleep lab. And what he has found that you as a nursing mother will maintain a certain position in bed when your baby is in close proximity to you, like in the bed. And we talk about the safe sleep seven and we definitely want, you know, anybody who is no alcohol, you're not obese, you know, you've not had a margarita chased by with three Percocets, you smoking. are not smoking, all of those things. You're in your own bed even, but those are things, no fluffy covers that have to be followed. But what he found was that the brain waves of a nursing mother stayed in a lighter state of, of REM sleep, mm -hmm. lighter sleep that was more responsive and alert than the mothers who weren't breastfeeding their babies or than the dads did. And I remember that I would have trouble actually sleeping in the bed when my kids were with me because my brain was like in this heightened sense of alert. And I never felt like I could just relax unless they were in their bassinet right next to me. And then it was mm -hmm. fine. But if they were, you know, nursing or doing that little flippity floppity, which side do you want? All right. This has been going on for two hours kind of thing mm -hmm. off and on. I wasn't one of those that could just go off to sleep pretty easily unless they were not right next to me. But we didn't have books that told us what to do no. mm -hmm. then. 
And all I know is mine, I fed them when they were hungry and they started sleeping longer stretches. And I just remember around three or four months, they would do these long stretches, except for the occasional whatever to get up at night. Mm -hmm. And they were in my room or room until they were noisy enough to where they would keep you up at night, mm -hmm. grunting and rolling over. <laughs> like, all right, you know, down the hall you go. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a monitor, but you just knew that's what you just did. You, yeah. you, you just followed the norm. But it's leaving a baby alone to settle and ignoring their hunger and going to the extent that where if you had your grandmother come to live with you who's incontinent and has dementia, would you treat her the same way as you're doing your baby when you're trying to sleep train your baby by putting her needs off just because of a schedule? Right. Remember the little bib mommy's group we used to run at yeah. the hospital? All right. So we had this mom comes in one day and she says, Oh, the baby's got this six hour sleep stretch. And every mom in the room is like, how did you do this? Like, what is this witchcraft you're doing? Yeah. And she says, but the problem is, and she gave whatever the six hour window was. It was like, I don't know, eight to 2 a.m. or something, 8 p.m. to 2. And they're like, that's great. The baby wakes up and nurses it to him, goes right back to sleep. Yes, but I've got to drop this two o'clock feeding. And I need the baby to shift it from like 11 to like <laughs> six or seven. Wow. And she was so stuck and fixated on that time frame that the other mothers just couldn't under, couldn't get through to her that you're getting that same block of sleep. Just be happy with what you have mm -hmm. because the little mama in the back of the room who was struggling with her adoptive baby that she's nursing with an S and S God bless every her. single yes feeding for a year lord oh my gosh she gets the breastfeeding trophy my friend dana <laughs> i will send you a shout out for that dana you are a god among men among and women <laughs> she pumped every three hours for five months before her first baby was 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 come along and breastfed for a year with an sns and the mothers who were complaining about their baby sleep schedules mm. and that they would sleep six hours but not when they wanted them to that's just understanding that everybody in the room, and that was the joy of a support group. But after she saw that, I think she wanted to come to one or two meetings and she never came back mm -hmm. because she says they have no idea mm -hmm. how easy they have it, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's where we're all encouraging a mothers to, you know, form a tribe and support each other. But all of this weird stuff of just trying to make your baby quote unquote, self-soothe and mess up oh. your baby's natural sleep patterns and, and letting nature and biology just follow itself. It, it's so frustrating. How can you just sit at the, at your bed and hear your baby screaming? Right. Well, I mean, I think that's one thing. So a baby's cry is meant to elicit a response inside of the mother. Mm -hmm. So when my babies would cry, it was like nails on a chalkboard. Like I need to go to my child. It, it, it created concern. It is bio, it's a biological function so that we take care of our babies and don't leave them at the mall. Right. Right. But so in order to do a lot of these methods, you literally have to deny your motherly instinct and turn it off. Mm -hmm. And that is not normal biologically and i'm not i'm like not judging sleep training my i understand why people do it 
And, you know, I'd have moms and they would come crying and they'd be like, oh, my baby won't sleep. And we'd be trying to cry it out and the baby won't stop crying whenever and I sit outside the door and I just yeah. listen to it. Do not sit outside the door. Go in and get your baby. Your baby is going to sleep eventually. Do other things for self-care and let the baby have a normal, develop their normal sleep schedule. It's going to be okay. Right. Go to your baby every single time you are not going to get I, I mean i have teenagers now and my kids don't always like to be around me and i think to myself like that's time you're never going to get 20 years down never. the line and say i wish i had helped my baby less i wish my baby had slept through the night i wish i didn't have to wake up and feed my baby through the night you're never mm -hmm. going to think that i treasure those times at night where oh, like yes. you're just half a, like they're dream feeding and you're snuggled in. Cause guess what? You get that moment with your kids for like a second uh -huh. and then you never get to go back. So just know this is a time that's hard, but it's also a really special time. And, um, just go to your baby. Yes. And, and when they get older and you're starting into the toddler thing and they want to be up at night playing and all right, so that's when you can send your partner in and maybe settle them because maybe that's what they need. And you're starting to get into like the toddler end of the night weaning phase of like there's the book nurses when the sun shines or you're giving them a cup of water or you're OK, you're starting to put limits on breastfeeding because your baby is old enough to do that. But certainly a baby who is two, three, four, five, six two, four months old to start to do this is, is just really, it, it saddens me that mothers are missing those times because somebody else told them to Yep. without uh -huh. any scientific basis, their cortisol levels are high. Their stress levels are high. How do you feel when you're abandoned and crying? You want somebody to come to you. Of course. Why are we, this little helpless human being is left alone and they don't know anybody's coming and it's dark. And guess what? They're usually swaddled tightly. So they can't even move their arms and legs. Mm. And I've had moms who've called me who said, well, my pediatrician says, even if he throws up, just leave him in there and don't, don't go to him. Mm. For why? So yeah. you can get six hours of sleep straight, like calm down. That's ridiculous. Yeah, oh my goodness. And the stress that parents go through, and I can't imagine a couple like, and I've had dads want to do this and moms not. And clearly, you you know, being on the same page all the time is, is difficult, but that biological norm of going to your baby to settle them, the most precious times in my life were going back. And remember when I used to come home and work evenings at the, at the hospital and I had rocked and fed babies and was covered in puke mm -hmm. and amniotic fluid mm -hmm. and would pick up my babies after I had a shower and would dream feed them and rub their little chubby hands and those little ham hock legs. Mm -hmm. And now was it easy all the time? No, but you're, what do you remember the days that, Oh my God, I had to stand outside the baby's room for hours and hours while they cried it out. Mm. And my heart breaks for those moms when they think that that's okay. And that's normal. Right. And if that's what they're doing, but, but in our end, you know, as lactation consultants, we want to be professional. Certainly we're not being judgmental, but we do have a duty to explain what the truth is and free the outcome because your milk supply may very well not last over the long term and you're making a lot of work and stress for yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, hundred percent. And I think there's this idea of like, okay, I just had a baby. I'm exhausted. Um, once my baby starts sleeping, I'll be less exhausted. And I always laugh, you know, when moms say that it's always like a first time mom that's not been in this game that long. And you're like, 
you, it's not about the sleep. It's about figuring out how this works mm -hmm. in your life and prioritizing your, your own care. Cause guess what? Your baby's going to start sleeping through the night and you're still going to be exhausted because you're going to be chasing a toddler. And then guess what? When you're not chasing a toddler anymore, you're still going to be exhausted because you're going to be like going to soccer games and doing all yeah. the things. So it's all about, this is a time for you to to really let go of a lot of things. I think God gives us kids to like remind us that we're not in charge and figure out, you know, what is going to work in your life that is respectful to your baby and your child's needs, but also to prioritize your own care. And it's a balance and it's hard to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's doable and you do figure it out. My mom said to me one time, you know, when you have a child of whatever age and you're just running around and you're doing all the things and you're so busy. And she said, do you remember before you had kids, you thought you were busy? <laughs> oh, there's a perspective. <laughs> I get what that. What do I do with my time? <laughs> I get that with the phase of life that my husband and I are in because we were newlyweds for seven years and now we are raising our um, grandchildren who are now almost eight and ten and i go what did we use to do mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. because now there's all the activities and school and right now it's still a COVID, so we're not even doing soccer right. and dance and all the things that we were doing before but what did we do i used to lay around on eat Cheetos and drink wine on Friday nights and watch Bravo TV when he worked like oh, yeah. with sleep in, but now and your life is just task oriented, but you're just changing little baby clothes into big kid clothes. It's your, your laundry is the same. It just grows. Yeah. And you're cooking food instead of making baby food. Now you got to pack lunches. Right. Like, like you were saying, you're just trading one thing for the next. And I think if you can accept what stage that you're in and it's temporary, get ready for the next thing. Right. And surround yourself with people who are supportive and encouraging and help you strategize all of this. Find another older seasoned mom who can help you get navigate through this because otherwise you can lose your mind. Oh yeah, for sure. Have you ever seen the meme where it's like a baby and it's like, oh mom, I'm sorry I woke you up. And then it's like, just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, that makes me laugh because I think, and this was recently like my kids now are in high school like my oldest daughter will graduate from high school next year and um i go to bed early because i'm old i'm tired my kids to this day you know because I'm, I'm in bed at nine they will wake me up at like 11 o'clock at night midnight and be like mom 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 listen um i forgot to have you sign this thing for school or like i need whatever <laughs> they do right? not care and they're they know better like, you know what I mean? They, mm -hmm. they have like the mental capacity. Sure. They don't need me. They still don't care about waking me up. So your baby a hundred percent doesn't care. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with going to the bathroom, needing a diaper change or a snack. Right. None of those. It wasn't yeah. not even biologically necessary. No, they did they it anyway. Still just, they it's a thing. Yeah. The point is frequent waking throughout the night is normal. Follow your baby's cues and feed on demand. Sleep training is the devil. I just put that in my notes. It's not really the devil, but don't, <laughs> amen, sister. Don't sleep train your baby. Um, it's not recommended by these lactation consultants. Sleep when the baby sleeps and prioritize self care to get you through this wonderful but sometimes challenging time in mm -hmm. your life. And we're actually going to make this a two parter because I don't think you can talk about 
um, newborn babies and breastfeeding and sleep without talking about safe sleep and co-sleeping. So next week, we're going to talk about that. In the meantime, please send us your feedback or anything you'd like us to cover. Just drop us a line. You can email us at thesnarkyboobqueens at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at the Snarky Boob Queens. Follow us on Instagram at the Snarky Boob Queens. And until next time, when, when in doubt, doubt, whip it out. out. Bye, everybody. Take a nap. <laughs>